We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle United won Burnley nil. How good does it feel? How good is it? How good is it that Newcastle United have won a game at the 15th attempt this season? I'm Alex Hurst. You all know that. I'm joined in True Faith HQ. Norman Riley sits to my left, Emile Franchi in the middle, and Charlotte Robson on the right wing. <laughs> and it is a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day. It's been a fantastic week. It feels amazing. St. James's Park last night felt like we'd won the league. It felt like... I'll tell you what, there's, there's teams. Let's pick on a team. Chelsea. Chelsea will win the league. This year, next year, they don't care. They'll win the league, and it won't be like it was at St. James's Park. Is 19th place, Newcastle United walked around the pitch in a connection with the fan base that that makes me emotional. That makes me emotional that, that's, that, th- that this is us right now. This is Newcastle United. We're on Patreon, £5.50 a month. Please join us. Now is the time. Lots more of these podcasts from me and my colleagues here, and you'll also get this podcast every single week Add. Free. Charlotte, let's go to you first. How was it for you, my friend? It was great. We won. We won a football game. Uh, it was a really good day. I went with my dad, and my dad has not been to a game since Burnley in 2020. So my dad only goes to games against Burnley now. <laughs> um, that's not true. Um, but it was just, it was great. Like he was so buzzing, and he'd watched the Norwich game on the telly. He was like, the ground is was just sounded amazing. I can't wait to be there. And then um and then we did our sort of old ritual, went to North Terrace. He had a couple of pints and then we walked up to the ground. And like it was so nice for me because he was so like you could feel him like tensing up with excitement as we came towards the East Stand and um he may just get there for like half an hour really, which I never do, um, just to <laughs> sort of absorb the atmosphere and stuff. And it was it was just it was great. I mean, like it was tense. It was tense first um, half, really, or first forty minutes, thirty-five, forty minutes. But we relaxed a little bit, and it was it was just class, and it was so class to win, and it was just nice to share it with them. Then, how did you feel at full time once once it had sunk in that we'd won the game? I had tears in my eyes. Like I felt like crying. I felt like because as well that last ten minutes was quite quite like sort of like oh god, like they were pressing and they really wanted something from it and. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but we sort of shut up shop at the back as, as best as we could. And I was just, I mean, like holding on to my dad's arm, like, God, I hope we don't like, lo- like not lose because it would be a draw, but lose this in extra time. Um, and then, it, and then the full time whistle went and it was just like, it was amazing. People 
were still there. They stayed for like five, ten yeah. minutes after the game. And that also very rarely happens. Most people just want to get away. And uh, Eddie Howe came over and he did his Southgate like, yeah, the crowd. And it was it did feel like winning the league. It was yeah. it was it was just it, it, it we're still in it is how it felt. And I'm glad about that. Norman, you travelled to the game uh, from Colchester. Um, you know, it's you've been to away games this season. You've been to a lot of away games, in fact. You've watched a lot of football that hasn't involved the team you support winning. How was it for you, mate? The whole uh, day was inc- incredible. Um, starting off in the morning by heading into Newcastle to the fourth pub. Got that, that excited that I got to the fourth pub 15 minutes before it even opened. <laughs> <laughs> so I stood outside of there with a suitcase, wait, just waiting for it to happen. Uh, obviously... Met you, couple of mates, Sean and Ali in there, painted. Every time I come up, obviously, I have to kind of, you know, see quite a few people. Um, so, spent an hour there, went off to, what was it, Spotlight Snooker Club to meet um, a mate of mine, <laughs> Danny Bell, who uh, who I've known for like 30 years. Um, so, it was good to see him. And there's a, there's a palpable buzz, right? It's, it's much like Arsenal last week, actually. And I would even say, uh, and Emil was there, at Crystal Palace away, and you were there short as well. But in the pub beforehand, when we yeah. all met up, uh, that that feeling of everything's changed all of a sudden everything's changed and that enthusiasm that we felt then it's it's almost like oh th- th- it, it's so powerful and so overwhelming it can't it can't it get, we can't get any more enthusiastic than this and then hell gets announced and it kind of lifts up again mm. and then we see the performance with 10 men against Norwich not the result that we wanted but ultimately the, there was a togetherness there and we thought there's something to build on and then before the match yesterday the the confidence and the belief I don't think I met anyone who didn't believe we're going to win and that, that's the difference, right? This is a team who hasn't won a game all season. Mm. Um, this is a team who hasn't won in front of a sellout stadium at St. James's Park since, what, Chelsea at home, maybe? January 2020, whatever it was. Yeah, true. Um, and there was just it, just, it just felt, it felt like something good was going to happen. And um, getting in the stadium, uh, weirdly, it looked, the stadium looked bigger and more full than I've seen it look in a long time. And um, the performance on the pitch was was huge and I think throughout the whole game I don't think even though there were nerves we'll get into the game even though there were nerves I don't think anyone's belief dropped at any point um, and what a feeling man what a feeling to to have belief back and, and obviously feelings at the, at the final whistle whistle were like um, and imagine when people who become born again Christians have that moment and they say Jesus walked in their life that's what I felt <laughs> like Jesus Christ walked in my life in my life it was uh, absolutely incredible so thank you, Eddie. You are now Jesus. It did feel like uh, one of those evangelicals will heal the team, didn't it? You know, <laughs> exactly. they can walk. Look at them; they can pass. Yeah, <laughs> praise the Lord. Um, yeah, like Norman says, that that belief that we were there. I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast in recent weeks, but that that feeling is back where you almost feel as though it's going to be all right. It happened in the championship when you play against those teams. And even though it looks like you're, you're going to concede early on, it's like, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I guess that maybe would have been what would happened against Norwich had Pukki gone through and Kieran Clark hadn't done his thing. Gone 1-0 down. I, I, I believe that the belief in that stadium is enough to to suck goals into the net. And, and that, that is the main thing. And I know we're going to get onto him, but when you've got a player like Callum Wilson on the pitch, uh, anything is possible. Um, really, really good day. Um, I went with my dad as well. It was a day for the dads. Uh, lucky charms, um, <laughs> clearly. Um, but his, his, I think his last one was Burnley as well. And that was just a boring nil-nil. It was just so nice to actually feel like we were watching a team that could potentially win a game. And I think that's the most exciting thing. We're only on the the cusp of, of what is about to hopefully happen at Newcastle and going into games like Leicester, all of a sudden you've got that, that belief again. Um, we were talking about going from uh, Brentford 
winning that game, going down to the Emirates with a bounce. Um, I think that this might be the bounce. Of course, it could all end in tears this time next week when we're, we're getting shafted by Jamie Vardy. But yeah, I think all in all, um, it, it's, it's, it's that feeling like, okay, all's not lost. Because dare I say that there was a few... Too many people jumping the guns saying, ah, that's it now, that's it now, Mickey Carling. Um, you know, this, this is <laughs> over, this is it, this is, we're done now. But, you know, I, I, I fully believed that that was a game that we could have won. We set out to win it, we went and won it, wasn't pretty, but this is the season where I'll be happy with an ugly 17th finish and then we'll, like yeah. you said, Alex, beat Burnley, then we'll talk. And we're going to talk about the future later on in the show, but I, I, I'm delighted to hear you all had good days um, and all of that kind of stuff. So for me... And I kind of said this after the podcast on Tuesday. This is what it's supposed to be like. Like th- this is going to the football, feeding that kind of connection. In this, you know, if there's fans of other clubs who listen to this or have looked at the reaction on social media or have said, "Why has Eddie Howe and the players in a lap of honour almost uh, beating Burnley one nil?" That means the world to me. That like that's why I go to football. Like I don't. Yes, it's it's nice to win. And, and I said this on the match day podcast appearance. It you know. Cleaning the windows is great, all right? Cleaning the windows at the ground. I appreciate it. It's good. Doing the fan engagement thing's good. Staley doing her interviews for um, the club website is fantastic and it's necessary, but it's not winning games of football. And winning games of football, like we did, you know, defiance, fight, just like there's just a, pr- a pride in the performances again. There's a pride to wear the black and white shirt. You know, I, I also feel like this is, the, this is the new era now. Like, we needed a first win. No Bruce, no previous owner. We've got the first win, and, and we have to... Emil, I totally agree with you. There was an aspect, in my opinion, particularly after Tuesday, of a lot of people feeling sorry for themselves. As a support, you know, like you say, down on down on one look, we'll never do this, we'll never do that. And actually, no, we've, we've gone and won a game. We're going to talk about the game. But this is, this, is a, this is a team that in three weeks has been transformed. This is a, this is a team that was fitter than Burnley. This is a team that wanted it more than Burnley in my opinion. And everything now, it's almost like this group of players, and in, in, in general media terms, it is discussed, everything is about 22-23. 21-22 was to set up 22-23 in the Premier League. It's all that matters. And, and it's a unique situation for a lot of the players to be in, probably, yet they're still buying into it. Yet they're still there. Look at Dwight Gale and Isaac Hayden at full-time. Look at the pictures. Look at their faces. Look at Sean Longstaff at full-time. Are they going to be here next season? I don't think so, if we're in the Premier League. It meant so much to everyone. Look at the picture Fabian Sharp posted at full time. Like, how how has done that? And, and me and Norman talked about this briefly. That's a group of players who'd been used to losing and fine with it. Didn't hurt them. Didn't bother them. And it's a team that has now tasted victory in front of that crowd and tasted togetherness. And I, I'm excited to see where it goes because you try and stop what we saw yesterday. If you're Norwich, do you have that? If you're Leeds United, do you have that? If you're Watford, do, you, do they have what we had at full-time yesterday? I don't think so. We're going to move on to part two of the show now um, after these very American messages. Of course, <laughs> if you don't like them, join what on Patreon. Is it worth £5.50 a month? Maybe. You won't know unless you find out. Back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Part of the True Faith podcast, Emil Franchi talked to me about Callum Wilson. Winner. That's it. It's um, he, like you mentioned before, um, plays on the pitch that that it means so much to them. He is um, he's the scruff of the neck player that that we really need. Uh, run through walls type striker. Um, it was just essence of Shearer was was there. You know, he's he's claimed the Shearer song. <laughs> he's basically uh, you know wearing a, a an invisible captain's armband there, and I'm really pleased that Eddie Howe has um, brought him into the fold of this this. Um, Players committee. He's one of the the leaders. It, it just shows on that pitch. I mean, let's talk about the goal for starters. Um, impossible to like conceive that that was going to happen. Like you just, I was like, what? And obviously there was a bit of a, a goalkeeping uh, malfunction when Pope came out and dropped it. However, for Wilson to take that ball and run towards the east stand and still manage to get it in the back of the net, that is just. I mean, I, I can't quite believe it, but that is. What I mentioned that that is the 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 feeling that you know players are there to win games. We're not in the the last stages of a of a Steve Bruce era anymore. We've got we've got a player there who seems to be playing with a more confidence than I think I've ever seen him. And you know he was dictating exactly how the game should have gone even into the second half. Um, you know there was there was one moment where he, he put Almer on through, and again it was another one where Wilson didn't look like he was in any sort of position to try and get the ball forward, but he he thread it through, and unfortunately Almeron couldn't capitalise on it. But that Great is save. it. Uh, yeah, Great well, save. yeah, but it, 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 I mean, it was that that was it. It was just um, you know he was just doing all sorts right. Um, my dad even said, you know, the, the class player. That's it. That's that's the that's the guy who's going to do it. Um, I think it's just going to be a, a, a toss-up between um, him, San Maximan, um, 
John Joe Shelby and, and, and Dubravka for the, the players that are going to win us games. Um, and yeah, Dubravka as well, you know, did a fantastic job, but Wilson is just, it's fantastic. And that video he did at the end of the game, it's like just just little things that feel different. And, and that is that is where we're at as a club. It's great. He's just lush, isn't he? He's just like, <laughs> not just like to look at, because obviously he is, but like, he's just lush. He really loves the club. He really, it's, the, the strike was lush. Like the whole thing was great. Um I watched Match of the Day last night, and I never—I haven't done that this season. I think I probably watched about three times last season. I just I, I could never bring myself to him. We're always on last. Um, and I just wanted to see it. I wanted to see the goal, like, properly up close. It's just so intuitive. It's so, um, I guess my dad said it, it's a striker's strike. It's just, like, it's, it's just lovely to look at. But I was... Um, I was in East End quite close to the Leeds end, so I saw that sort of fumble and and the goal, and I couldn't um, I couldn't believe that they were checking it because it, to me it was really clear that Pope had dropped the ball, um, which is not what you're supposed to do as a goalkeeper, and it's up there with um, <laughs> it's up there with um, Jordan Pickford at, at Everton when he <laughs> saved it within the net, um, <laughs> and. Um, and yeah, and and yeah, because it was just really obvious. Like it was a collision. He dropped the ball, and and Callum Wilson just capitalised on it. And it was just, it was mint. It was so good to see. It was so he was so um, in tune with what was happening in the game. Um, I just, yeah, it was just class. He's you pick. You talked about something there about his video after the game. He's a very confident man, mm. and I think in the dressing room, he's got. He's just got to give you confidence. Looking at him. Would give would give me confidence. <laughs> Looking at him in his in his physique, in his but his it, he kind of exudes control. Mm. Like I know what I'm doing. I know what my job is. If you do your job, we'll be okay because I'm going to do my job. Mm-hmm. Norman Wilson, for you yesterday during the game, you were purring about his <laughs> performance. What 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 is it that you'd like to say about this man? First of all, he's a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> no two ways about it. Um, but uh, the. I mean, the goal, what I will do is I'll throw the goal as well. I think Willock deserves a bit of praise for the, yeah, the ball that he brilliant. launched onto the penalty spot. Lovely place to put it right in that kind of melee. But also Fabian Shea, the master of the dark arts. <laughs> the shithousery, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. He put his arse in Pope when he jumped up and basically Pope dropped the ball. It was, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, he made it look like an accident and it wasn't an accident, that. Um, but uh, Callum, Callum Wilson, we, we said this, I think, possibly early on last season, right? He should be captain of Newcastle United. This is when Lascelles was maybe injured, but even, you know, you could even argue that, obviously, how things have panned out for Lascelles. Another player, by the way, who, who put in a great performance yesterday about the Jamal yeah. Lascelles of all, right? But we thought, well, Wilson, he's a natural captain. Obviously, what happened the other day against Norwich, who was captain? It was Wilson, yeah. right? The man the man is an absolute leader. And, and as you say, there's no way that he doesn't inspire you when you step on that pitch. And what happened yesterday was that feeling of victory, right? That's the first time Callum Wilson has won a Newcastle United football match in front of fans. Like it's the first time he's been when there have been fans in the stadium. He's been on the pitch. It is huge, and that feeling you just know for a fact he'll take that feeling, and it'll it'll inspire him to even greater heights. So this is a man who's goal scoring record. He's got eighteen goals for it in one and a half seasons, in a team that barely created a chance. Under Steve Bruce, right? His conversion rate is ridiculous. Callum Wilson didn't have, didn't have any clear cut chances yesterday, but the fact that he's it's like he thinks without thinking. If you see what I mean, so that goal, right? That wouldn't have been necessarily like a, a kind of a staggered thought process. It's instinctive. Bang, bang, bang. He just did it. And that's what I like about the fact that he cost with 20 million. Um, it, it's it's an absolute, it's a steal. And Callum Wilson as well, if if we can manage his fitness, which I totally believe how we can do, for me, he's the kind of player who's got, I would say, four seasons of Premier League striker in, in, in terms of that level, despite the fact he's, what, 29 going on 30 maybe? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I still believe that he's a player who, at the age of 32, the age of 33, because of how intelligent he is, because he, how, he, how he plays the game, regardless of where Newcastle United might see themselves in three or four seasons, I can still see him being part of the squad. And you know what I want him to be? Because I think he's a, he's, he's a class, class player and a class act. Nothing quite as nice to look at as the ball smashing into the top of the net. I absolutely love it. And like you've all said, the, the first... The, the finish is brilliant, right? But the first touch to basically take out the goalkeeper and two defenders on on the on the floor on their asses is, is is the brilliant part for me. And the, the finish is good, but the first touch, the game awareness. Wilson's interview afterwards when he said he knew there was going to be players on the line, you know, and, and you watch the slow motion. I did the same as you, Charlotte. Like normally, I always watch the highlights as quickly as possible on Twitter, but I wanted to save it, savor it on match of the day. Um, and, and and it's and it's three massive, three of the biggest points, thanks to thanks to lots of people, but Callum Wilson in particular. And I think you know he scored Tuesday, he scored today. They're they're massive goals. They're they're the kind of they're the kind of goals that big strikers score. Palace away, Palace away, mm. Palace away, man. That this was a man, strike. Mm-hmm. you know, alternatively, we're absolutely fucked if he gets injured. But we're not worried. It's a happy podcast today. That's I want to talk in the rest of this part of the show about the actual game itself and how it flowed. Part three, we'll talk about individual performances. But in terms of the game, Norman, if I come to you first, mate, I, you know, I think I think it's I don't think anyone would disagree with Dyche that for large parts of the first half, you could argue Burnley were the better team. Absolutely. I mean, the first 20 minutes, we were concerned that we were really struggling. They were pressing high up the pitch. We couldn't seem to string any passes together. And that's not because the players were necessarily playing poorly. It was just because Burnley really started with intent. And the big loss for them was Cornier getting injured. It's the mo- the, literally the moment he got injured, their whole game plan changed because they brought on um, Matthias Vidra, who is like a championship striker at best rate. And you saw that chance that he had. It was a fantastic chance. That chance is buried by Corny, but also it's not even just that, that chance. It's the fact that the, the whole dynamic as a team changed and we exploited it. We, the, or more or less from the moment it happened, we just started to get back in the game. But look, I'm, I'm looking at it now on reflection. I'm thinking even if Corny had stayed on the pitch, if they hadn't scored in that first half, I think we were growing into the game gradually. And you said this yesterday, this was a mature performance. It was a team who, who thought we're not going to go you know, a hell for leather when we come up because they have got the, the kind of tools to, to exploit that, right? You know, we're pressing, pressing, pressing. If just take one good ball from McNeil over the top, Corny's on with Woodwinds in the air, we're in trouble. So it was a very mature performance. The kind of performance that you need to put in if you're going to avoid relegation, the kind of performance that if you're in the bottom three, trying to get out of the bottom three, you need to put in, right? You can't just keep hammering and hammering and hammering. And that's what we did. And, and we're patient. Goodmanson hits the post with a deflection, right? You know, that that's a very another sort of big moment in the game. But apart from that, I think you could argue for around 60 minutes of that game, we managed it. We man- That performance was managed by Newcastle United. And um, it gives me great hope because, as I say, there was a, there was a maturity there that we, we haven't had. I, I, we're talking about this, um, I'm, I'm walking your, uh, your dog, Maggie, this morning, that under Newcastle, what you ha- uh, under Bruce, what you had was victories, right? But within, within those games, you'd usually have the team, the other team dominating possession. They would dominate control of the game. We'd have a couple of moments of magic. You may have two or three players who were getting the eight out of 10. The rest of them would get a five out of 10. Yesterday across the board was between seven and nine out of 10. As far as I'm concerned, it was a, it was a team performance. That victory came on the back of a team performance. Not an individual performance, a brilliant individual moment by Wilson, but not an individual performance. That team was the sum of its parts yesterday. And it was, it's really given me a lot of hope. To finish off this part, Charlotte, um, me and you have chatted privately and, I think that it wasn't Norwich, was it? It was, you know, it wasn't this kind of right from the start performance atmosphere. But I think, if, as you've pointed out to me, like everything, everything got better. Yes. In fact, like off the pitch, on the pitch. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, like, you know, Norwich, 
the the atmosphere in the ground was like immediately like loud rocking like everybody was behind the team today i think more was well i know more not today it was yesterday <laughs> wish it was still <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> yesterday um more was riding on it we needed to win like if we hadn't won i don't think this i don't i don't know it would have been it <laughs> wouldn't be this happy would be right now we certainly wouldn't um so so there was more on it and I, and there was a more, there was it was there was a tension in the ground and there was a tension on the pitch i think as norman's rightly said Burnley were, were pressing they were dominating the first like half hour really I thought that the team selection was wrong at that stage I thought we were, we were not in it I thought they were just going to keep pressing it until they you know broke us down um but it got better and better and better and Norman's point there that we grew into the game is is really good one because I think so many of the games that we've watched recently we watch the other team go into the game and like we have a good 10, 15 minutes and you think we're quite kind of evenly matched here. We might actually get something. And then the other team grows and grows and, and then and then by the end of it are totally managing the entire game and are winning. And so it was a real like novelty and strange feeling to watch us actually do that, like to to grow in confidence and to stretch out and then to start pressing and then to win. Like, but it didn't come like that. Um, and the same for the crowd. The crowd sort of there was this tension, and then I think before the goal, as 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 no one says, as we started to grow into it, and then the goal, and then after that, it was just it, the atmosphere at St James Park was just incredible. I mean, it was good before, but it, it got better and better. What I enjoyed about, and Charlotte mentioned it there, is you know how we we started the game at a pace that was it meant that we could later on kind of start pressing so and Callum Wilson mentioned this didn't he during the week of that I think uh, it, it was a Craig Hope article Wilson saying that we'd start these games under Steve Bruce 10 or 15 minutes you think we're doing alright yeah just get yourselves out there get in them get into them get in them early by sort of 55 minutes 60 minutes you're absolutely blown you're done yeah. and West Ham the first game of the season this was Callum Wilson again they, you know, this is somebody who knows football right saying that they were playing at the same pace with the ball throughout the whole game we were, do- we were absolutely done. And, and yesterday what happened was we allowed Burnley to kind of attack, allowed Burnley to press, allowed Burnley to expend a load of energy, control that. Later on in the game, there was that sort of 50-minute spell where we had like five or six corners. They were, they were, they were knackered. The yeah. only reason it got a little bit twitchy towards the end is because it was only a one-goal deficit. And, and at that point, the, the opposition's got nothing to lose. But ultimately, and you just said it before, we looked fitter than them. And to say that within three weeks, we've gone from a side that is blown, right, at the end of games, to... Not only matching, but looking fitter than a Sean Dage Burnley side. And one of their kind of, you know, one of their markers is the fact that they're a, they're a fit side, right? Not a Dage, they're a fit, organised team. That is testament uh, to the work that's obviously been put in by Howe. And um, as I say, another, just, just another little another little aspect that gives me a lot of hope between now and the end of the season. I was just going to compare it to the last time we played Burnley in the League Cup. There was there was very, very similar game. Neither side in that League Cup game looked like they were going to score, albeit Newcastle weren't playing a striker. Cheers, Steve Bruce. But... Um, Everyone said that had Wilson been on the pitch that day, we would have easily beaten Burnley. And that, that was the difference yesterday. It was almost quite weird how one player was the difference and, and that was it, going back to him. But in that League Cup game, I think our, our main attacking threat was Jeff Hendrick, which is mad when you think about it. <laughs> crazy, crazy times at the start of the season. Um, but yeah, that, that is it. You know, Burnley were able to grind out that that League Cup win and, and make it go to penalties. We... we bettered them this time and I think that just shows that there's there's, there's even the slightest changes can 
count in our favour and and give us the fortunate moments that you don't tend to get and we haven't been getting at the bottom yesterday you know like the take for example the fact that Rodriguez's goal got got ruled out I think everyone's heads were in hands certainly in the lasers at that point I mean I was broken if if that had been given the you know fact what, that it was overturned. You know what? Norman you pointed this out to me during the game the reaction of the players told yeah like the Burnley players were like the Burnley players knew Rodriguez knew like well, as soon as the ball hit the back of the net, mm. but fucking fair play to this linesman. So grateful that flag was up like a shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like get that bastard up, and then um, <laughs> it was that. It just didn't feel like one of those moments. And it's on the match day podcast, so people hear our reaction, um, which includes me saying I hate VAR, even though well, not VAR saved us, but it would have saved us if the linesman got it wrong. Yeah. Just like like Norman says, this, there was just a maturity and a confidence to our play yesterday. It was a it was a proper game plan in a football match. It wasn't get out the blocks at 100 miles an hour. It wasn't we have to score and we have to take the lead or we won't win this game. And, and Norman, I think you've hit the nail on the head before we move on to part three of the show. I think I think that I think that there was a, a game plan that 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 allowed the opposition. We allowed the opposition. To do what they wanted to do for part of the game, which we've never done before. We've never thought, right, we're going to give them the first 15, we're going to remain. And they didn't get behind us in the first 15 minutes, didn't have any chances. And then you've got Sean Dyche and we, we dominated the first half. And it's a very opposition manager thing to do. And it's like, you were okay for 15 minutes, mate. Like, you sound like Steve Bruce. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's what Bruce used to do, didn't it? You had a little spell in the game. And and and, and for us to have that spell of, of pressure, I haven't seen any Castle team, even under Rafa Benitez, have that kind of pressure in that spell for years to be so dominant and I, and I, I noticed this on me and no watch match of the day together because he stayed at mine um, there was a, a, a time on uh, from one of the corners it was, was it Ben was it no was it Tarkowski someone but their player who headed the ball over the goal when it was heading into the top corner the camera pans to his face and he's just like Not good. He's just like fucking hell yeah. yeah. He's like, we are getting battered here. We're like, we're supposed the roar from the crowd, corner after corner, yeah. cross after cross. We kept recycling possession, and it was just like, this is what a proper football team looks like. This, this is what you're supposed to do. What you're supposed, what you're supposed to look like. And in addition, I'll just say before I move to you, Norman, really quickly. Um, I, I kept thinking about the Burnley fans. I kept thinking about how horrible it is to be one nil down away from home in a, in a must not lose game like it was for them. And the crowd and the noise and every time there's a corner, it gets louder. You know, I just I was like loving it. I was thinking, <laughs> I fucking hate being in that position so much. There was no noise from the Burnley fans. They're not singing because when your team's under the cosh like that and you're losing the game already, it's the, it's one of the worst feelings in football. And we can certainly empathise with that feeling, can't we? we can, yeah. <laughs> it's a very familiar feeling. Um, what I like just quickly was those corners, right? That spell of corners. It's the second balls, right? So. The corner's coming in, they're clearing it. Bang, we've got three players. We've got three players on the edge of the box who are, who are in the box for the corner. They're getting out and then they're pushing straight back in. It's, the, it's that kind of rapidity of just, just keep the pressure on, just keep the pressure on. Let's not, let's not sort of sit off. They clear the ball, we kind of play a battle to Dubravka, you know, we're trying to build again. It's like, no, no, this is our spell. We're having it new. We're just going to keep getting the ball in the box. And it, it was fantastic. The energy levels of, I would think if you're looking at the edge of the box, you're kind of thinking Willock, Almiron, and possibly one of the fullbacks in St. Max as well. St. Max, mm-hmm. so that, that kind of energy and pace of just just getting those Burnley players running, running them ragged, running them ragged. It's uh, it was lovely to see, and you know, it's a one 0 win against Burnley at home, and, and maybe I sound like I'm going overboard, and, and you know, I'm being a bit too effusive, but my God, it felt really, really good. So every single moment that of yesterday that was good, I'm gonna milk it like because my God, when was the last time you felt this? When, when yes. was it? Yeah. Tell me, I can't yes, remember. It's been years. Yes. <laughs> 
we'll move on to part three after this. Okay, part three of the True Faith podcast. There were some big performances yesterday. Norman, you called it that everyone, everyone contributed. And <laughs> Sean, I'll start with you, actually, because you've, you've said earlier in the show that you thought after 40 minutes he's got the team selection wrong. Mm. I think it's fair to say Eddie knows, doesn't he? Oh, Eddie, Eddie knows. knows. It's so <laughs> weird that Eddie, the professional football manager, knew better than me. I, I, I can't fathom it. Um... But yes, um, you know, I saw the team sheet and I thought, okay, LaSalle's back. LaSalle's has to be back. He's the captain. He only had a one-match ban. Okay, fine. I don't really want to see him on the pitch. I know he's got that sort of physical presence. I think you said it, that, that you know, maybe we, we that was why he got chosen. Maybe this, maybe that. Um, Clark, obviously, out forever, hopefully. <laughs> and, um, and um, yeah, and I just sort of thought, oh, right, you know what? This is quite an attacking side. That's all right. That's what we need. And then the first sort of half hour, because it was so... And, and, and being in the stadium is very different to watching it on the telly, obviously. Um, and so the tension of being in the, the crowd is, 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 is... It's all very heightened. And so I was just... You know, I think Callum Wilson had a couple of chances and they're full, but I just, just like, they, he can't... Have, they're too big for him. Like, I, I don't know what... We're not going to score here. I don't think that... that we'd, we're just not going to score... I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think this team selection is correct. And LaSalle's was part of that. I think he made a few sort of bad passes at the very beginning. In the first sort of 20 minutes, again, he, he bedded into the game and he, and it, it grew. And and within, you know, before the end of the second half, I was like, maybe, maybe it's me that's got it wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> the players really like warmed it, warmed up and warmed into the game and 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 everything just went well from then. But first half hour I was like this is this is a mess they're dominating this is a mess can I tell you why I think that or the, the best thing you can tell Jamal LaSalle's and the fact that he played real in the second half is that Chris Wood started to pull on to Fabian Cher mm-hmm. yeah. because he was like this is too difficult here and it, you know it's not like Jamal LaSalle's won every header that's an unreasonable expectation but Wood did not dominate airily for that kind of middle part of the game like he normally does because of the performance of LaSalle's the one thing I will say about Lascelles is he's still really scared of being on the ball. You, you could see it every time he got it, he, he looked a bit like shaky, even into the second half. And yeah, okay, that, that, that final 20-minute spell where Burnley started to pen us in a bit more and we were kind of camped in our own half, he did look a little bit shaky. And that's the only bit that concerns me. And yet early on, there was a lot of that amongst all of the players. Um Almiron, for example, when when he was through on goal in that first half, um, he he just went for a wild shot and it flew over the bar. And just to go back to Wilson again, I, I noticed that Wilson actually said he was like, "Just calm down, just calm down." And I think that's what it was. Okay, Almiron's not been on the pitch for some time, but um, he definitely he had a bit more uh, about him um, and he, he looked good. But yeah, uh, Lascelles is is a bit shaky, but I thought that game suited him in that he could do the things that he really likes to do, which is you know hunting players down. Um, keeping up with them and, and beating them to the ball. That, that I think that was the bit that maybe got the, the crowd fired up quite a lot. There was that really crunching challenges and the referee gave some some really mild stuff, I would say, um, when Burnley got popped down. But um, like Joe Linton was going in for them. Shelby was doing it as well. There was, there was just there was such a fight there. I think, great. Charlotte, you've uh, a good point to make it. Yes, I was going to make it. Yeah. Um, I, with as much as been talked about with LaSalle's and should he have the captain's armband and Wilson obviously had it on Tuesday and um, and I, I have said for a while, no, he shouldn't have it, Dubravka should have it, Wilson should have it, Some you know, someone else who's really commanding the areas should have it. But yesterday I saw some real captaining from LaSalle's um, 
because there was a moment towards the end of the game, and, and you'd have seen it. Joe Linton, like he was, he was basically stopping Norwich from keeping the ball in and letting it go out so that there was a throw in. And I don't know exactly what happened. I think the linesman had said something that annoyed him, and then he pushed his Norwich player, yep. and. Um, Lascelles came out and, he, and then he started talking at the ref and he was like asking for yellow because he was he was like shout, shouting at him and Lascelles came over and really like like pushed him away and then was talking to him and he was really stern he was just like like it's not worth it kind of thing I don't know what he was saying but like the the he's vibe. probably like saying get your head on like yeah, we, yeah. we need everyone switched on and focused here we can't have you losing your head yeah, yeah and it was it was just this real moment of like and Joe Linton totally respected he was like yeah like okay like sat back like off the ref <laughs> sat back off the ref um <laughs> sure um but like it was a really nice moment to see because i haven't seen that in a while yeah. from, from leadership isn't it it's leadership. yeah that's exactly it i was just gonna say as well um there was a lot of talk before the game everyone's saying like you know lascelles is undroppable because he's got that armband you, c- you can't get rid of him um i'm guilty of saying that as well but i think that performances like that show the lascelles that 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 was able to step up in the the final throws of that relegation season when benitez saw it i mean if Benitez picks you as captain tends to be quite a good decision and I think that one of the things that I was interested in is 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 how going to put his stamp on this team is he going to make Wilson the permanent captain at some point I don't know what happens to captains halfway through is he going to wait until the end of this season to maybe pick his captain would that be a statement from him but you know Lascelles is probably thinking to himself well I'm gonna have to fight for this now because Howe's got his not his favorites but he's got his this leadership committee um and there's going to be people vying for that. And I, I think someone like Wilson is the type of personality that won't necessarily want to steal it from Lascelles, but he'll think, you know, maybe I should have the captain's armband. And there's probably going to be a bit of that. So if Lascelles is is feeling that pressure, then maybe it, it allows him to step up and, and show those those leadership yeah. things and, and calm down that the likes of Joe Linton and Almiron and, and all of the others who, who maybe sometimes can get a bit, you know... Yeah forget where they are for a moment because because that would have been disastrous if Joe Linton had really gotten acker. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think, you know, it's easy for for me in particular, I've been fairly critical of Howard's team selections, particularly at the fullbacks, which we're going to come on to in a second. But Jamal Lascelles is the longest serving player at the club. So every single player at Newcastle United now has come in with Jamal Lascelles in a position of authority in that dressing room. Mm. It's To me, it's like drop Matt, Matt Ritchie's fucking shite at left back, drop Jamal Lascelles because Fernandes is better. And like dressing rooms and work environments just don't work that way in terms of people in senior positions, people in leadership positions. And, you know, Eddie Howe's got two choices there when he when Lascelles come back into the team and ultimately he can either work with Lascelles and make him a better player, which we've forgotten that can happen to players after the last two and a half years, or he can drop him and deal with the consequences of that and then deal with an unhappy captain in the dressing room and, and the respect I'm sure other people have for Jamal Lascelles for whatever reason. And it was just the right call. It's like big talked about decisions and, and there being no margin for error because we are going to have to be the first team in Premier League history that has won none of their first 14 games to stay in the league. It's going to be a first. And how talk about that really well on Friday. The selection of Lascelles yesterday was, was, a, was, a, was a brilliant selection. And it's, it's easy after the, after the fact, but a lot of people weren't happy that he was playing. And I, and I just think how deserves tremendous credit, as he does, Norman, for the selection of Miguel Almiron. And I know, I know you want to talk about that. As soon as um, the game kicked off, you could... You could see what Almiron brings to the team. Already brought the team yesterday. That there's no one like him in the team, right? That has that that kind of zip. Who can 
He can he can he can left to right. He can get in between players. He really he really can get through kind of minimal space. And you think how Burnley pack the defence right? They've got these two gigantic centre halves. The fullbacks are huge. They, they they don't really leave much space for it to exploit. But Almiron because he's he's so quick and he's kind of he, he reads the pitch in front of him. He, he just causes trouble. He drags players, drags mm-hmm. players, and his energy levels are really high. Bear in mind, Miguel Almiron has barely started the game this season, right? Yeah. He's one of those players whose fitness levels, he's kind of clearly naturally fit, right? His yeah. fitness just hasn't dropped. He's naturally quick. And I think him, the way that he the way that he kind of moves around, it just frees up space. So, for example, you've got um, Javi Manquillo knocking crosses in the box, right? You've got Jamal Lewis getting ready. There were so many times that we were screaming for the ball to be put up with Jamal Lewis because he was just in loads of space on the left-hand side. Right? And it didn't happen. It'll take a while for the you know the the players to get used to the fact that we've got two actual fullbacks on the pitch, two consecutive games of two fullbacks. By the way, wow, what a time to be alive! But these spaces that are opened up, a lot of the, a lot of it's down to the fact that Miguel Miron just he just drags players with him all the time, and you obviously saw as well his ability to get between defenders. That that beautiful ball, as uh, Emil mentioned from from Callum Wilson, that ball was perfect, right? But you need a player who can not only read the ball, but who's got the pace to just burn straight through. And Amiron does that. And um, I, I thought I thought his selection yesterday was an absolute, absolute masterstroke. Yeah. Charlotte, is this our best team? Yeah, I think so. Lovely. Yeah. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Well, just, just a quick one. I think it is because it's also we're able to do what we did yesterday, which was bring on Fernandez and switch to five at the back and, and shut up shop as much as we can and and protect our win. But we, we we can we can sort of put an attacking side out first, try and get the win and then protect it. I think we've got options there, which is why I think it is our strongest team. Yeah, uh, options is really important. I think I think it's too easy to say, is this our strongest team? Yes, it's our strongest team because ultimately each game is different, right? And there's going to be games where actually... Selecting Ryan Fraser might be more sensible. Um, selecting uh, Amiron might be more sensible. Bringing in Sean Longstaff in the centre park might be more sensible. So yes, there is a strongest team in terms of what you might deem ability of the players. Right, there are eleven players who are the best player, best eleven players technically, whatever. But each game brings its own challenges. Right, and as I say, we have to look at, it, at the bigger picture and say, right, there are fifteen or sixteen players that will make the interchange. The interchange. There will be games where Ryan Fraser's selection will be more beneficial than, let's say. Maxi Man, for example, or Joe Linton, for example. So yeah, our strongest team, maybe, but ultimately it's not It's not about playing your strongest team in every game because we're in a relegation battle. We have to kind of adapt to the opponent as well. It's like the strongest team to play Burnley mm. and, and they'll, they'll be the strongest team to play Leicester. And I think that's the, the thing that Hal brings and what we've been lacking for so long. We've mentioned it before. He doesn't reward good performances by keeping you in for the week after. We saw a good first 10 minutes from Ryan Fraser the other night and I think he was kind of robbed of a really decent performance that could have happened against Norwich by, by having to get taken off so early. But that that is it. Um, how we'll read each team. He will he will have done, you know, weeks of uh, research and, you know, planning. And, you know, he's probably already thinking about how he's going to approach Leicester. He might even have the team in his head of what he wants for Leicester and it could be completely different to what he put out yesterday and and that is it he he sets the team up to play each team it's not just like well there's my best team it's gonna stick with it it's lazy he, he's thinking about it and i just i'm oh, full of admiration for it i really love it <laughs> there are other notable performances and we might talk more on our patron shows through the week about those i thought joe willock was excellent mm-hmm. jamal lewis was excellent joe willock can't play central midfield well that was an all-around central midfielders performance if you weren't at the game or you disagree have a look at the highlights because in every single attacking and defensive um, structure there was Joe Willock uh, proper shift proper performance I'm so pleased from Lewis as, as well as has to play in the next game 
Let's talk about the future and how we feel about this. Norman, I'll start with you, mate. Uh, confident we're going to stay up? Way I <laughs> Honestly, myself, my, my belief wasn't necessarily shaken pre-match yesterday because we've seen with our own eyes how, how things have improved. Even though we haven't won, we're heading in the right direction. That yesterday, that was evidence that we were three points off, fourth bottom. We've got a chance and I believe we'll take it. Lovely stuff, Emil. It's nice to have a chance, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think that that's the... You need those kickstarter moments. You need those games like when we stayed up and I know it was a bit further on in the season, but beating Man United at home 1-0. I know it's Burnley, but that, that was huge. Um and, and that just set us off. Same thing happened last season, I guess, with the um the the points that we picked up against Tottenham and Liverpool. You you, you have those moments in the season, and this has happened, I think, early enough for us to do it. And look, I'm more confident than I was last week about going to play against Leicester. You know, not expecting us to, but you know, why Why not? What's to say we can't get something against either of the Manchester sides that we're going to face across Christmas? Suddenly, games where, you know, if, if you've got the stadium doing as it's doing and you've got the players feeling confident and, and you know, a little bit more uh, sure about how they're going to play um, and a manager who sets you up to play against those teams, then, you know, why not? It's 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 anyone's now. Um, and even looking at the table last night filled me with a bit more hope. You've got three teams at the bottom there, all on 10 points. We are two wins off 11th. <laughs> it's just crazy when you think about it. This Premier League table is probably bailing us out a, a slightly at the moment. Um, but yeah, my, my confidence was was high going into Burnley. We needed to win. We got the win. Um, we've got so many more teams that we can pick team um, pick points up against. And why not? Bring it on. Yeah, I think we're in it. We're still in it. If we hadn't won, this would be a totally different conversation. But we won. And we've got three points. And... Everything's to play for. I think we've got a real chance. I totally agree. And I just think which, I mean, there's still games to, to be played this weekend, but which other set of players are going to bounce into training on Monday morning? Which other set of players cannot wait for the next fixture? Emil, you're completely right because of our failure so far to beat some of the teams that we would normally need to beat. Yeah, we, we're going to have to beat a Man United or a Leicester or a Spurs or an Arsenal or something like that. But I just, I just think about the end of the game and I think about the atmosphere and I, and I just think it won't happen every week, but that's unstoppable. That That is unstoppable. That it, It's a unique experience to players in the Premier League at the minute. There's no other, in my opinion, there's no other set of fans and, and, and players and coaching staff and owners feel as together as we do now. And I think that's a powerful thing. Added into the quality of the players that we have, added into the impact Eddie Howland's coaching staff have made, I think we're going to stay up and I think the future looks bright. It's the Jason Donovan effect. He needs to be at every game now. He needs to be was there. He? Every, was he, he was there? there. He was there. He was Jason there. Donovan I from think the 80s. We've, <laughs> we've run out of all options for director of football, so they've just got, yeah, <laughs> just get him in. It's just fine. <laughs> fine. This has been the True Faith Podcast. Thank you so much to you three. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. We'll be back probably next Monday as Charlotte and Emil and maybe one or two others head down to the King Power Stadium. Of course, we'll be here to talk to you about it. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.